your host Johanna and welcome back to another episode of the Teenage Canvas Podcast. So in this episode, I've invited my cousin. So please welcome my cousin Evan. Hey, good evening guys. I mean, good afternoon. It's not really evening yet. It's only 2.30. Yeah, now currently is uh, 24th of June and it's 2.30. So we're recording this actually in the afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, good afternoon everybody. So today we have Evan on the show because... He has a really interesting topic to share about. Yeah, why I deferred one semester of my university and started a cooking channel. <laughs> yeah, he actually took a break from uni and started a channel out of like nowhere. So Yeah, it's very random. Evan, the first question is, what made you decide to stop one semester in uni? Well, of course, when I first started university, I actually only had like one day of physical classes. And then after that, it was online class because COVID hit and then MCO and everything else happened. And at first I was like, okay, that's, yep. that's fine. Online class, let's try it out. And then I didn't do so well for my first semester. Like, Really? I, I failed three out of four subjects. <gasps> really bad. That's bad. Yes. It's like omega bad. So I was like, okay, never mind. Never mind. We shall continue since like now I know roughly how online class works. Like, it's a different style from physical classes and I'm just at home. I'm not in my dorm in uh, Sunway, in the, in the Sunway area. So, a lot of distractions and you're not really in the mood to study. Of course, if you're a good student, you won't have to worry about this, but I'm not a good student. I'm very lazy. <laughs> okay. So these, so, these kind of factors, like, affect me much more than it affects the good students. Mm-hmm. So... My second semester, I did better. I didn't fail anything, but my results weren't like as good as I wanted it to be. And then after that, the end of the year holiday came. Like for my university where I study at, it's, it's like three months because it's Australian university. Oh. It's, a, it's an Australian university and they have like three months of summer break. Two and a half, but three. We just say three. Okay. Uh, and then during that time, I just did a lot of thinking and I talked to my parents. And then they were like, if the pandemic is going to continue next year in 2021 and it's online class, do you still want to continue or do you want to take a break? Because like your results aren't very good. Um, and then I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then another thing that I thought about was like, my course is only three years. I'm done with one year. I have two more years left. And I don't know when this COVID pandemic is going to end and when like, we can go back to physical campus. Yeah. It might it might last for three years. And then I'm gonna spend all three of my university years online, like with no campus life mm. and no f- physical interactions with my friends. Yeah, I get your feeling. It's really sad. So I was like, okay, let's just defer one semester so that you know, like hopefully I can extend the time that I'm in university so I can at least experience some campus life. Uh, some people just want to get university over and done with and like go out into the working world and start earning money. But personally, I would still like to enjoy some campus life. I'm not that in a rush to hurry up and finish university and start earning money and enter the adult world. So it's different for everybody. You do what you want to do. Yeah, right? actually, I can relate um, to that because I just started college. As you know, I just started college and everything is literally online. Like, assignments and everything is just given online the teachers are teaching online so i basically went to college and i completely do not know anybody like yeah that's what happened 
Did you even have orientation? Yeah, I did. I have orientation, but it's online. Yeah, again. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, orientation is supposed to like meet people, you know, have a tour of the campus and all. But then my orientation is just looking at the computer screen, not knowing anything still. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's the sad thing for like uh the 18-year-olds, right? The 18-year-olds of 2021 who are entering college, like they don't, yeah. You guys won't be able to experience the the fun of it, like the actual campus life of college. Yeah. But we I mean, for us that we go in like at this time, even though it's a pandemic, we're still going to college because I mean you have to, right? Yeah, I mean you have to and also because my parents want me to faster finish college. Huh? Yeah. I think university you can take a bit more time with it, I feel, but try and get your college over and done with as soon as possible. After college, if you want to take a break before going into university, or if you are in university and you want to defer a semester or two, I think that's okay. But like, if you just finish SPM or your A-levels or your UEC, uh, the Chinese one, Mm -hmm. and you're going into college, just, just go to college first. Yeah. I would say just go to college first yeah. and get college done with. Yeah. So you stop uni for one semester and then I wanted to stop for a whole year actually. <laughs> okay. But then after that I was after that I was like maybe not. Yeah, maybe I should just stop for one semester only. Maybe one year is too too long and I get all rusty. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't stop for too long. Very hard to start up. So why did you decide to start a YouTube channel on YouTube? I always wanted to do YouTube, but then like I'm not sure what specific niche to get into. And then after that, I was like, oh, I like to cook as as well, so why not? And like cooking channels seem to be doing quite well. Um, of course, my first, of course, my first preference was to do gaming. That's my main passion. But after I thought about it from a more business, from a from like a business perspective, and like whether your viewers will come back to click on your video you would really only watch a person play a game like once you won't go back and watch it again yes but like cooking cooking is like in the category of tutorials and mm-hmm. people always need to watch tutorials more than once you know mm-hmm. none of us really are or i would say the large majority of us um won't be able to remember something like just by watching it one time mm-hmm. you will have to go back and watch it a few times yeah to like completely understand how to do it you know whether it's a cooking tutorial arts and craft tutorial you would need to watch it multiple times and of course you know mm-hmm. that will help to boost your views and add revenue more clicks on your videos more watch time yeah so from a business perspective a cooking channel was more viable than a gaming channel okay and i mean in terms of the competition they're both equally saturated mm-hmm. Everything on YouTube is saturated now. No matter what you want to do, yeah. what kind of what kind of YouTuber you want to be in today's world, everything is already saturated. Yeah. So might as well go, you know, with the with the category that's more viable from a business perspective. Okay. But it's true. I mean you do cooking channel. Right now is actually a good time because you know everybody's stuck at home again in Malaysia and it's that's MCO. True. So yeah, people cannot go out. So Surprisingly, many people don't know how to cook. Yes, surprisingly, this is a time where people go and search for YouTube videos to watch. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
I think during the pandemic, across the board, all YouTubers have been seeing an increase in views because people are just bored at home. Like, not everybody wants to learn. Some people just want yeah. to chill and watch retarded stuff on YouTube. So if you make like, yeah. if you make like retarded no brain videos, you get views as well because it's entertaining. But again, like people would only watch it once or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Also, fun fact: I did want to be a chef at one point, but. After that, I decided not to because there are no holidays. You don't get holidays or leave if you be a chef. Unless you become super, super famous to the point that you don't become a chef anymore. But you're more like a, a restaurant, restauranteur. Is that what they call it? A rest, restauranteur. Like you start opening up restaurants. You don't actually cook yourself. Once you reach like celebrity chef status. If, if you want the easy life as a chef, like cooking isn't really your passion or cooking is your passion, but you like holidays more, then your, then your goal when you're a chef, like your career path is to become like celebrity chef status, like Jamie Oliver, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay kind of status, and then start opening up restaurants. At that point, you don't really cook yourself anymore. You just open up restaurants and manage them. Like you think of the food, you think of the menu, you think of the management but you're not in the restaurants. So you can just chill while your restaurants run and earn money for you. <laughs> yeah. So what actually, like, you know, gave you the passion in cooking? Like, what started this hobby of cooking? I really don't know. I just like to watch my parents cook last time, occasionally, and I wanted to cook, but then my mom never let me cook. Maybe it's maybe it's that kind of, um, you know, like with... I don't I don't think it consider I don't think it's considered withdrawal symptoms, but like, you know, when your parents don't let you do something or when somebody doesn't let you do something, and then it just makes you want to do it more. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, I think. And then of course when I was in Sunway doing my college when I was living alone, I had to just cook. Right. So then I so then I could have uh I had more exposure to cooking at that time. And I was like, yeah, this is nice. I like to do this. Probably not as a career anymore, but I still like to do it. And now it's sort of a career, a part-time career. I only have three, I only have three videos. So, But really cooking while being filmed, like while you film yourself cooking, especially if you're alone, uh-huh. if you don't have somebody to film for you, it's very tedious. And like something that you could cook in half an hour, you would take an, you would you would take double that. Yeah, I mean, actually, cook. sometimes I wonder because I watch, uh, you know, Nino's Home, that very famous guy. Yeah, yeah. who cooks and do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, Nino's Home is very interesting, yes, right? Nino's and the way home, he cooks, inspiration. Me and my girlfriend, I watch him all the time. All the and like he time. doesn't show his like profile and stuff, right? He's actually an actual chef as well. Yeah. He's, he's not just a home court, I think. He's an actual chef. That bear. That bear yeah. mask. And then yeah, it's like so interesting and like so satisfying that, to watch. And then with like the ASMR of sound <laughs> everything. I don't think it's Korean though. That's true. I don't think that Koreans in general like to do ASMR. Like, no, what? Uh, he's either Korean or Japanese, I think. Is it? Oh, I see. Like, Asian style, I guess. A lot of the Western cooking videos, it's a lot of music, like more more hype kind of music. And like, the cook themselves also talk a lot and are more 
more energetic, you know, they're like, hey, yeah, guys, yeah, today yeah, we're yeah. going to do this, and they're just going to stir fry the, the sausage, yeah, get that, get that sausage rolling around. Like, very loud, yeah. very energetic. But a lot of the Asian cooking videos take a more mild, calmer kind of approach. Yeah. Like, they play, they play, like, piano background music, lo-fi background music, not really those kind of you like the tight one or do you like the more the kind of music one. that might put you to sleep and then the hosts also rarely talk it's all subtitles I feel besides just being more hypish mm-hmm. the western um cooking videos because I guess the cook is yeah. talking sometimes you get a bit more information from them because they because they will just blurt out whatever they're, yeah. they're thinking or, or they will just blur out whatever they're doing at, the, at that time. And if any tips come to mind, they will just like tell it to you. But with the Asian ones, because it's subtitles, it's like yeah. planned, you know, and it's yeah. not technically live. Like the subtitles are added when you're editing the video. So you have time to think about what you want to say to your viewers. And sometimes when you have that time to think, um, not all of the thoughts that you might have yeah. had when you were cooking will come to you when you're sitting behind your computer doing the editing. So sometimes you lose out but on some your cooking videos. So yeah. I would say actually that I prefer the Western style of cooking videos. Yeah. Maybe but one day you should try, Asian you know, style. just recording yourself. Yes, like putting the Asian, camera in front of your table Asian, and then you just like cook and say at the same way. time what you want to say. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Can I can do that also. Also, if any of you are going to are thinking of doing this like full time, like really full time, full time, like Nino's home kind of style, it's better if you have an island. Like your your kitchen design is is like the island design, rather than yeah. just actually the, I wonder against like, the wall like Nino's home, of, right? How kind he of counter design because it's not very ideal for your camera yeah, yeah. placement. Yeah, I wonder how he like. Um, he cooks one. All of his stuff is possible actually. It's all like possible gas for them. It's not really change a change camera angle. angle. And like keep changing. You just have to do that. Yeah, you just have to keep changing, really. So it's not also, yes, also Western cooking videos tend to switch angles a lot more than uh than like mm-hmm. Asian cooking videos. Asian cooking videos you will see like angle switching uh, but not as much as western ones and not for the same not really for the same event like uh, Joshua Wiseman I like him he's a western one He most of his, his cooking videos are all like three ways like if he makes garlic bread it's it's three types of garlic bread if he makes uh, uh, bruschetta it's three types of different kinds of bruschettas and like when he chops like when he's chopping his onions it'll be a shot from above and then it'll switch to a shot like the camera's right next to his, to his hand. Or for that if kind of style, definitely you have to you. invest in, in more than one camera unless you want to like take an hour to cook a garlic bread. Yeah, he, he does have a photographer doing it for him. He doesn't, yeah. He's like a whole... So how do you actually like then cook a and then change the camera If you have a videographer, I think definitely it's more worth it to invest in two cameras maybe. You just have to do it, I guess. Like, if you chop 
uh chop your onion. Okay, mainly it's separated into like three phases. Uh the first phase would be your preparation phase where you're chopping. If if you want to film your preparation phase, you don't always have to film it. Yeah. But you can just skip the chopping your onion and garlic part and just already have all of your ingredients in the bowls. But if you film your preparation part, mainly your camera is just in one angle. Uh yeah, so there are only a few types of camera angles to begin with. There's one like over your shoulder kind, slightly like 45 degrees. Then the other one is directly in front of you. But that one is only really nice to use if you have an island. If you don't have an island, that's like, then that camera angle is out of the question. Uh, overhead, which is more for if you have a studio, if you're just a home cook like me, you won't really be able to do overhead. You need to have a fairly tall tripod um, that is capable of like pointing your camera directly downwards. Or you need to have what they call like a flat lay crossbar, which is just like a horizontal bar across that you can mount your camera on, which is quite expensive. Like it's hundred, it's 110 ringgit for just the crossbar alone without the tripod. So, so yeah. So in terms of repositioning, you don't actually need to reposition that much. I actually don't reposition my camera a lot. I only reposition it if I'm moving places. Like if I move from my counter to the stove where I'm going to fry stuff, fry stuff or boil stuff because that's an absolute must. You know, you have to move your camera. You can't move the stove to you. Uh, but if you are like, but if you are like Nino's kitchen and you're working with a counter yeah. and you're working with a portable stove, then it's completely possible for you to not even need to move your camera at because you can move everything you can move your ingredients you can move your equipment so you don't need to move your camera but then that kind of video will be a bit boring true uh dif different camera angles add more make your videos more lively i would say and if you are working with portable equipment um you would also probably have yeah. an island uh, so how so do you edit your YouTube videos? Okay. Because an island allows you to have different camera angles. But I don't have Premiere Pro and I'm too lazy to crack it. So I use this other free program called DaVinci Resolve. It's quite good because I think you can export up to 1080p even with the free version. Now I know a lot of mobile a lot of mobile video editing apps are actually even better. Like the majority of video yeah. editing apps on your tablet or on your phone, basically for, mo for mobile devices, they allow you to export even up to 4K, even though it's completely free. So that's really good. But you lose out on other functionalities that computer editing apps provide. Um, in terms of the actual editing, there's not much you need to do for a cooking video. Uh, basically, it's just a lot of cut and paste work, a lot of snipping work, like to to like get your clips to the to the best like the best length possible. For me, it's about ten seconds per clip. At first, I was using six seconds per clip. Like if I was chopping onions, you would see it for six seconds. If you if I was yeah. chopping garlic, you would see it for six seconds. But ten seconds sometimes is a bit better. Again, it's not standard, but generally yeah. 6 to 10 seconds. Anything less than 6 seconds is too short, and anything more than 10 seconds is too long. 
you don't want to see somebody cut, cutting onions for more than 10 seconds. Uh, but at the same time, if you make it less than six seconds, the video feels very choppy. Like in, instead of having a smooth flow, it feels very choppish, like cut, 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 cut. And it, and like it, it interferes with your viewing pleasure, something like that. I don't know what the term for it is. Uh, so basically what you need to do for editing cooking videos is just cutting work um, and subtitling. You can either choose to do your subtitles like within your video, like what I do, or you can use mm -hmm. YouTube captions. Uh, I do both actually because um, if you want to have like your subtitles in other languages, just so that you can have a larger audience base, you need to use YouTube's, YouTube's caption. Like you, you type all of your captions um, using yeah. YouTube in English, and then you auto-translate it to other languages. YouTube will help you to auto-translate, so it's pretty pretty convenient, pretty cool. But the translations are, of course, mm -hmm. not always accurate. The translation engine is actually Google Translate, yeah. since you know YouTube is owned by Google. And you know we all know how accurate Google Translate is when it comes to translating full sentences. So your captions in other languages will be a bit quirky mm. and weird. But if you want to, but the general message is still generally the same. So if you want a larger audience and you don't really mind having quirky captions, then yeah, YouTube captions is the way to go. In, in video, subtitles aren't completely necessary. It just gives you control over how you want the subtitles to appear um, and, the, and the font style of the captions. Because if you use yeah, YouTube yeah. captions, yeah. the font is you know standard. You can't change the font of YouTube subtitles. But if you okay, have so your own instead of channel, video, today he's going to give us some advice. The color of so it, what is the best it, advice for um, a girl or anybody kind of generally who look for in the other person? Yeah. Yes, today I'm here to talk about dating advice. Uh, okay, so first, just a bit of personal backstory. I feel I'm pretty qualified to talk about this because I come from the background of being not a good partner. Like, like I'm, I'm the, I'm the partner in the relationship. That's yeah. that's the bad one. I'm not the good one. I'm the bad one. So, so I can talk all about you know what kind of people to avoid. The hypnosis would be avoid me. That would be the hypnosis, but that's not very helpful. So, first of all, um, I think it applies to both to both sexes pretty equally. Um, there are some things that are specific to males, like like oh, girls don't date guys who are like this, like okay. this. But generally, it's the other things that I'm going to talk about. It's quite general. Okay, so first of all, don't date a partner who's like not really willing to give you gifts or, and okay, when I say gifts, I don't mean like Gucci bags or anything. Like a gift can even be an, be a origami. Orig yeah, like even cards, like physical cards, digital cards, you know, with yeah. like Canva. If you guys don't know Canva, you should really search up Canva. It's a great online graphic designing website. You can use Canva to create like very beautiful pieces of artwork and greeting cards and love letter cards with, Honestly, yes. with like YouTube, Canva, and so many learning resources at your fingertips, yeah. 
there really is no there really is no excuse for like your partner to say I don't know what to make for you I'm not good at I'm not good at art I, I don't know what to make you know that was me that was me again I'm saying all of this from my own personal experience that was literally me whatever I just said I'm quoting it from my own words I was like I'm not good at art you know but you know of course yeah. as time passed by and I learned stuff and stuff I was like okay yep there's no excuse to say that I'm not good in art because these kind of websites yeah. make designing super easy. So if your partner doesn't want to give you a gift, the bigger picture is basically your partner just doesn't want to put in the, the effort. That's the big picture. So don't date a person who's not willing to give you gifts. Whether it's a guy or a girl, you know, um, like my girlfriend also gives me stuff from time to time that like she would just she would just design uh, or just write cute letters on like small square pieces of colored paper you know maybe for some of you guys who are super rich that won't satisfy your craving yeah yeah for actually what's most important but is for me I'm pretty chill so even like if you just write parties, note on a, if someone on a puts in effort paper, and then the other person doesn't put that in effort that makes me happy if that doesn't know, make you happy the point, well, then that's your right? problem you know That's true. But with that being said, don't give your partner a colorful piece of paper with words on it for like her birthday or your anniversary celebration. Even if you're not very rich, okay? Let's say you're not rich at all. Let's say you're not rich at all. And your standard gift that you always give to your partner is a colorful piece of paper with words on it. For your anniversary celebration or for your partner's birthday celebration, you could maybe upgrade that to a meal, you know, like like going to some kind of a mid-range cafe or like um, just going out to eat something, you know. Or you could buy her maybe junk food. I don't know. Some, some people like to eat, like they love to like stress eat or they love to eat snacks. You could make like a gift basket, like a gift basket of uh, junk food, like potato chips, Pringles. Um, mentors, like all that kind of junk food, you know, you don't have to go from a colorful yeah. piece of paper to a Gucci handbag, but you can at least upgrade from a colorful piece of paper to like a junk food gift box, you know, if you're not that rich. So yeah, while while the value of the gift isn't very important, it's also relative. Yeah, actually, I have occasion. a question. So if you're, just you're saying this in like no your point of view, all, right? Then sure, give a, guys actually give a like small stuff, it. even but though like you occasion, probably decide to write a letter once a week, I guess, to some. So basically, guys actually like yes. those start things. Generally speaking, yeah, guys don't really expect expensive presents from their girlfriends but girls do expect that i think it's just it's just a social norm you know like like um boys are supposed to protect the girls instead of the girls protecting the boys it's it's just a social norm but of course that is also um a bit rooted yeah so for this advice is guys, like i mean males, you have to give are if you are in a relationship right you have to capability give to like, protect girls. gifts to so each that has other more truth so that to it. you can show like the effort and not just like just date for fun and stuff right
Yeah. Okay. Okay. So instead of that, you know that guys do love small stuff, but in the society nowadays, yeah, you know, girls true. have the power true. to also do what guys do. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, okay. Just personally, me, I I like small gifts. You you don't need to buy me expensive stuff to make me so, happy. Yeah, it's but that's just me. Right? I honestly cannot speak for other guys out there, you know. But I believe that other guys are sort of the same as me and don't require expensive things to become happy. Yeah, it's the small things. My second advice, or rather, like from what I learned from my my relationship. Uh, I think this is pretty specific, but at the same time also general. If you look at um, Chinese media, like Chinese relationship memes and Chinese relationship TikToks, it's very general. If you look at Western relationship, um, it's a bit more specific with you know 50% agreeing, 50% disagreeing. So this is basically when you do something wrong, you should just shut up. You shouldn't explain why you did something wrong because no matter how much you explain, you're still, at the end of the day, you still messed up. You still did something wrong. Um, for my girlfriend, the more I explain to her, the more she gets angry. Like, if I messed up, I did something yes, wrong. that's true. And I explain yeah. like, oh, but I did, but I, but it was because of this, but it was because of that. That would just make her more angry because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I still messed up. But some people might be okay with that. Like, they might be willing to listen to you. Uh, like, why you messed up? Why did you do something wrong? Uh, but some people might not be willing to listen to you. So it's entirely up to your partner. You know, you, you decide what to say or what not to say based on what your partner likes. Although I think yes. in general, it's true that if you messed up, the fact is you messed up. No amount of explaining, no amount of buts will change the fact that you messed up. So even if you want to explain, just explain like I mean, one thing. Just I feel just like say but in one a time. girl's point Don't of view, from my this, point of view, I feel like that. And yes, then but if that. you just screw up, like one time. you give me the explanation on the why you screwed of, up of, and not yeah. this or why you did that or why you did something else. If you messed up, just don't say but. That's basically it. Yeah, so these are about the only two advice I can actually think of giving you guys. There are more to your relationships than, than the two things that I talked about. But it really depends on your partner. The two things that I talked about, I think, apply yeah, to Yeah, thank everybody. you, Evan, for sharing it, your it advices, helpful there. advices. So um, but everything else now, is very conditional. the next section of this episode and is, you guys said, know, the song recommendation section. So for this week's episode, I have two song recommendations. The first one is called Double Take by DHRUV. Yeah, his song is quite famous on TikTok, right? Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a little preview of it. I thought of that. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, basically this song, I feel like it's very vibey, chill, and yeah, the lyrics are also quite meaningful because nowadays the songs sometimes some songs do not have meaning to it except for the beat that is catchy. So the second song for this week's episode is Day One by Hone. Yeah, so this song is also a very vibey song and a very super chill song. So I guess this week's songs on the Teenage Canvas podcast is actually a chill vibe playlist song. So this week's song recommendation is Double Take by DHRUV and also Day One by Hone. So now let's move on to our next section of the podcast, which is the storytelling section. So today's story, I heard this from my friend. So she told me that she does like um Caroline Hotline part-time. So she received one call one day that there's this guy calling, telling her about his problem. So he told her that he and this girl and another guy friend, three of them are best friends, right? You know, those type of friendships. So one day... His guy friend and his girl dash friend started dating. <laughs> and he's like the like the third wheeler kind of thing. So then, you know, in relationships like we talked about today, you have arguments sometimes, you know, you have misunderstanding and all those things. So this guy, the girl's best friend and his guy best friend. So he's trapped in the middle of like this argument that the girl and the guy have. So... Every time there's an argument happening between those two, they would go to him and then they would tell him all about the argument, this and that. So then his problem was he didn't know like whose side to help, like support, like don't know which is right, which is wrong. Sometimes the girl is wrong, sometimes the guy is wrong, you know. So he had this problem, so he decided to call my friend on the hotline. And yeah, basically she tried... To help him, to tell him that, you know, in this situation, it's best that he should ask his friends to go talk to, like, other people instead of him. Like, instead of sandwiching him in the middle of everything. So, in this situation, you shouldn't be the one who, like, decide to avoid being, like, stuck in the middle. So, yeah, he managed to, like, share his problem and my friend managed to help him in this way. 
So yeah, that's the story. Okay, so we're gonna wrap this episode here. Thank you, Evan, for being this week's guest for the Teenage Canvas Podcast episode. And you guys should go check out Evan's YouTube channel, Momalicious, and go subscribe and show your support to him. And also, Momalicious is also on Instagram, so you can go follow to see some mouth-watering food. And once again, thank you, Evan, and thank you, everyone, who's been listening to this episode. It was fun, and it was a little different this time. Thank you, too, for having me on the show. This was my very first podcast. It was an interesting experience. Um, if you have any more podcasts, I'll definitely be on if I have interesting stuff to talk about. Yes, definitely. I'll get you on. So, yeah, everybody have a beautiful day today, and see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.